Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to another edition of uh, Masala PTI Boys and Girls. This is Aravind uh, and I'm here with my co-host Ravi. Ravi, I did not realize until I signed in to the system that this is actually our 50th episode. Oh my Can God. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't have guessed that Aravind. I, I remember seeing a number 31 or 32 because there was one of those early 30s episodes which uh, had for some reason found a lot of uh, listeners. So mm-hmm. I did not realize we are 50 today. So happy Golden That's, Jubilee to you. Yes, wish you the same. I, I, I'm kicking myself. We should have uh, realized this and planned a mega mock draft a couple of weeks back or something like that. We should have uh, <laughs> celebrated this a little bit uh, uh, you know, more seriously. But in any case, hopefully we can do that for our 100th episode. What do you yes, say? yes. As, <laughs> as, as Bill Belichick would, would say, on to the next one and keeping in mind the 100th, right? <laughs> But anyway, at least I'm happy that in the 50th episode, we are back in the thick of the fantasy uh, football, uh, uh, you know, world and the NFL season is in full flow because that's really where this podcast started, even though we have done, I think, decent work with NBA and other leagues. So let's start there. Uh, Week one is in the books. Uh, I think both our teams won in the league of record and I know you are probably in like 15 other leagues. I have in a few other leagues. But overall, I think uh, it was a decent start. Great start for the NFL itself. So I just thought we'll hit a few of the topics, uh, Ravi, on both the NFL side as well as the fantasy side. Uh, anything else you want to kick off with? No, I think that sounds about apt uh, and timely for what is going on. So ready to rock and roll. Sure. So... This is what I wanted to do. Um, I know we are coming up on week two, but week one was, uh, you know, uh, in the books. It's probably too late to do all that, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I thought let's hit on a few of the overreactions from week one. And this is what I have in mind, Ravi. Let's do three overreactions or potential overreactions which you think are overreactions. I know that's pretty confusing. And then three, which you think are legit reactions, as in hot takes. Let's call it hot takes, right? Three overreactions and three hot takes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Looking, okay. Looking forward to it. Uh, and it could be fantasy. It could be general football. It could be NFL. It could be whatever you want. Let me kick off since I sprung this topic on you kind of last minute. Uh, okay. And let me kick off with some of the low-hanging fruits in my mind. I'm, let's alternate, but let me go one uh, hot take and one uh, legit overreaction, right? The low-hanging fruit for me, at least, Ravi, is it's way, way, way too soon to panic about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So I think that is a legit overreaction. Mm-hmm. I, I still have full uh, confidence in him. Uh, of course, they got the Detroit... Uh, Alliance this week, and that may be all they need. I just thought he looked bad. He looked rusty, no doubt. But I think they will fix it and turn it around. So that is my first overreaction. And let me also share my first hot take, and you can respond to both. 
Or, or why don't you respond to this if you have any? Uh, yeah. So, any so my 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 first, or you mean in terms of reacting to your uh, overreaction? Yeah, just to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, so the one, so I was on the flight changing one of mine because it was basically the same as you, which was <laughs> as as a team. I thought uh, the Green Bay Packers basically shat on the field last week, but. Whether mm-hmm. it is Rogers or Aaron Jones or Devante Adams as fantasy performers or the Green Bay Packers as a team, to me, people literally like you know trolling them now or calling them as over the hill are way, way, way overreacting. I think it was one week when nothing went right, um, mm-hmm. and uh, to me, I am in total agreement with you that uh, the demise of the Packers as a team of Rogers as a fantasy star grossly overrated. Cool. So that is a. Uh... Uh, overreaction and here's a overreaction that I think is valid and I think it is uh, you can call it a hot take from me right I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be that good this year uh, I don't know what it means to Lamar's value as a fantasy player I, I'm still okay with that right especially depending on which round you got him and all that so let's leave that aside right I think Baltimore Ravens as an NFL team, as a contender, I think are uh, overrated. Uh, I don't think they should have had that much trouble against Raiders. They lost. Even if they had won, I thought that was an ugly win. And I, I, of course, there's a lot of injuries, a lot of valid reasons why they are not uh, where they are supposed to be. But I do think if the Baltimore Ravens fans are overreacting today, that is legit. I, I have knocked them down a couple of notches from where I had them uh, preseason. So now, what do you think? What do you, I know you watched that game. What was your reaction? It was a fun game, but I just don't think neither team uh, played well. I, so yeah, so again, I'm in agreement with you uh, because of two reasons. One is, uh, it does feel like uh, they literally have no offensive skill weapons on the field. And that is purely a result of the injuries, right? I mean, it is bizarre to think that they now have had three of their running backs lost for the season before the season started. And on top of it, I don't even know who their initial starting wide receivers were, but it feels like other than Marquise Brown, they don't have any wide receivers. Right. And then I didn't even realize this, but their offensive line, it feels like that's decimated as well. So... From a pure talent perspective, it feels like uh, they are they are missing uh, a bunch of you know bunch of skills, bunch of special players. And on the other end of the field, you know, I don't know what you thought, Arvind, but to me, if not for Carl kind of spraying it around, right? In- initially, it felt like the Raiders were able to do whatever they wanted on offense. So exactly, defensively, Ravens seem to have taken a big big step back, and offensively, they just are short of players. So I am in agreement with you. I think the team just doesn't look the same as it did the last couple of years with Lamar. Exactly. I mean, David Carr literally kept them in the game if you really break down that first half. Yeah. All right. So your turn now. Okay. So my first overreaction and the way I kind of interpreted the ask here, Arvind, was I tried to be somewhat fantasy uh, you know, focused rather than, sure. you know, so, and, but, but at the same time, I ended up being a slight hodgepodge of specific players and their fantasy destiny as well as some teams. So, my first overreaction is this whole thing that I've seen in the rankings of uh, 
this particular running back James Robinson and I'm personally aggrieved because I own him in our league of record but uh-huh. he went up as high as early teens the day before the season because of the Travis Etienne injury and now I look up at fantasy pros and his ECR is down to 30s 35 37 and to me all of that is based on one week of Urban Meyer basically pooping on the field again right uh, you know it, to me it, it to me a lot of the rest of the environment feels very much the same i think james robinson is still the jaguars's best offensive skill position player the only way for them to continuously move the chains is to have him run the ball not you know 45 year old carlos hyde <laughs> the way it worked in that game against houston is i get the sense that urban meyer assumed that they would win the jags were favorites everyone was trolling the texans for being a horrible team and i think it almost felt like urban meyer came in with this entitled you know mm-hmm. arrogance that he will run his style his college style and score a 50 pointer on uh, houston and you know pass it all over the place and suddenly they found them themselves down by three touchdowns uh, yeah. going going into the half and from, at that point you know game script went out the window and certain players got affected by it and robinson was one of them so to me his demise as a fantasy relevant in fact to me as a very strong rb2 borderlining rb1 player uh, is is uh, grossly overreacted okay i hope you are right because i have him in some of the leagues too not not the our league of record but i don't know if i 100% agree with you ravi i'm going to take a rain check on that okay. because because like you said it's all depends on how crazy urban meyer gets right i have no idea i agree with you that he deserves to be much more featured whether or not that happens i would uh, you know talk to you again in a week so i am concerned but i agree with 50 50 with you on on what you said uh, what's your uh, what's your uh, other part of this which is a hot take which, which is, is a, not a reaction Yeah so to me in that sense something that i kind of felt going into the season and week 1 was no different and it is kind of ironical given the fact that this team actually won their game but to me it was pretty apparent that the steelers are going to be a down team in fact it's funny you mentioned the ravens i thought the same about the steelers which kind mm. of by 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 factor of elimination made me think if i were to look ahead in that division i see it's going to be either the browns or if you can believe it the bengals right that to me have a better chance at winning uh, winning that division they look old uh, i still feel you know the receivers are not fully uh, refined whether it's juju or johnson or claypool uh, for all of the preseason hype naji harris could get no running lanes to you know run through and mm-hmm. ben just looks old i think he looks completely washed up so mm-hmm. to me i think the steelers made a mistake or kind of uh, they are they are basically running the ben line a little too long i think he is over the hill and as a result to me the steelers don't look like a team that's going to win more games than lose i was going to ask you ravi actually it's interesting you bring that up do they even why are they not really drafting a backup quarterback QB, right? Shouldn't, right shouldn't yeah. they be building grooming him right now even if ben was to play for a year or two shouldn't they be doing what packers did So that's the thing and and you know and I don't know what the what the backdrop is but to me the whole Aaron Rodgers getting pissed off as Brett Favre did whenever it was 10 years ago 
I think for organizational purposes, that is actually a healthy thing, right? You actually want to feel uh, right. your seat getting hot, and instead with the Steelers, and that's been a you know that's been also I feel a long-standing tradition. They have basically were running Jerome Bettis when he was like five hundred pounds, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> or for that matter, uh, you know, they've had a bunch of players on both sides of the ball who were way past their uh, quote-unquote on in football expiry date. And the Steelers just let them carry on, and I think Big Ben is the latest uh, beneficiary of that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not that I support what Packers did to Aaron Rodgers, but you just do it better, right? You communicate with them, and maybe even pick them in a second round, right? The first round pick gets a lot more attention than second yeah. round, so that's what I would do: pick a decent quarterback in the second round. But anyways, those are two good picks, Ravi, because I don't have a strong uh, feel for either of those, to be honest with you. I, I Pittsburgh, I agree with you, but at the same time, with uh, uh, Tomlin and that whole culture and infrastructure they have, I feel like they are always somehow they stay relevant. But we'll see how it sure. how that division goes. So my turn now for the next pair. The overreaction, uh, which uh, I I agree with a little bit, right? And then the uh, hot take. Let me start mm-hmm. with the hot take this time. I am not nearly as sold on Elijah Mitchell as rest of the world. Uh, And that is, you know, we saw people bidding in FAB anywhere between 30 to 60% of their uh, FAB dollars. At one level, it makes sense, right? The top running back in that offense is worth it, right? The question is, who is that guy? And week one, it was uh, this guy, Mitchell, but... I'm not sold at all. It's only a matter of time before Trey Sermon is back in the mix. It may be as early as this week. And Wilson is coming back from injury in a few weeks. So to me, it's a bit risky to invest that kind of money in him. He may be awesome. I may be eating my words in a few weeks. But to me, that was a major overreaction, especially from a fantasy perspective, to go all in. In, on that guy. How did you view uh, that ad drop uh, decision? I know you didn't get him in any of the leagues. We overlap and I don't think. So you, maybe you agree with me. Well, actually, and uh, you know, I'm with you. And this is something which I can provide you example of the proof being in the pudding. In the league of record where he went for, what, 33% of the fab, I bid, I think, 8% of our fab. On oh, okay. Uh, and to me, that, eight, that that 8% was, you know, if I get him, great. He can be my fifth running back or fourth running back. I want to wait and see for a couple of weeks. But I completely agree with you. And the problem is, Arvind, that because there are so many fantasy gurus, so to speak, mm-hmm. and most, if not all of them, use data, problem is, now data is being used to individual perspectives advantage, right? You can always use statistics and data to make your point even stronger. So like, you know, I saw these numbers like, you know, uh, in the last whatever uh, three years uh, that Shanahan has run the 49ers, the number one running back has been six yards a carry and has outperformed their ADP by 10 slots or whatever. All of that is absolutely fine, but it is also true that Shanahan has never had or never believes in one true number one running back. Right, right. I think he, and as I think he himself has said, he's running an actual football team, not a fantasy team. And he has at his disposal basically the best running scheme in the NFL. So you, he literally could put Frank Gore behind that line and with 
scheme and I think Frank Gore would be a viable starter if we knew that he was going to be the starter. Right. Problem is whether it is uh, Sermon or Mitchell or even Jamichael Hasty or they just signed Kerry on Johnson. I have zero idea, Arvin, which one of them is going to touch down and fantasy points even in week two. Yeah, that's that's uh, well said. I mean, the, I, it's funny. I'm getting a little tired of Shani's ego and all these games, actually. So, somebody said this and I thought that is which, the only uh, advantage Eli has, actually, is Shanahan's ego, right? He, because this guy is an unknown commodity, Shani may actually want to see him succeed more than Trace Sherman. Right, because this guy succeeding right. is more exactly. of a credit to him rather than you know Trace Sermon. It's his talent, it's his pedigree that will get more credit. But in any case, you are absolutely right. Even in those years where somebody ended up as the star running back, I think Shani was just forced to use that guy because of injuries and all that. I don't think he ever committed to one guy yeah. really. Right, and case um, in point, case case in point is uh, the. Last where two or three games of last season where Jeff Wilson actually was the what you would call the what you would call the workhorse, mm-hmm. but he didn't have any options. He didn't have any other options. Exactly. Cool. And and the uh, that so that was overreaction. I think across the fantasy world. Now another overreaction. Oh, I'm supposed to now say the overreaction I agree with is. I do think uh, Ravi Zeke is going to have another down year. I yeah. I, I don't think that's. Uh, I think the offense is going to be good. It's going to be Dak centric. I am losing a lot of faith in Zeke's ability to be uh, impactful. Well, it'll be impactful, but not a top five type running back. And I really considered him at number three when uh, you know uh, we did our draft. But now I'm kind of glad I didn't take him. So my hot take is. Uh, that overreaction around him having a bad first week, I think that that is legit. So for about 14 hours, Arvin, since yesterday night, last mm. night through this morning, I would say that you would have probably seen me completely subscribing to that opinion and because I dropped Zach Moss and picked up Tony Pollard because... You know, just the eye test, Arvind, right? In the game last Thursday, I thought Tony Pollard looked far better than Zeke, even right. on the field, right? I mean, it doesn't even matter about snap rate or touch rate or Tony Pollard is the pass-catching back. Even pure running, I thought Tony Pollard seemed to have a lot more burst than uh, Zeke did. So, I am actually in agreement with you. I am just giving it one more week to see what it looks like and hopefully, <laughs> until that time, Pollard <laughs> is still available. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I, I, I agree with you. Zeke does look... I don't know what it is. There is something missing with Zeke. And the Cowboys have pretty much decided that the key is in uh, Dak's hands. Uh, right. I don't know if you saw that Kellen Moore actually said that there were 12 more plays that were designed runs with Zach. Based, I mean, Dak Prescott actually audibled to making them pass plays. So, you know, with oh, wow. that being the case and Zeke then being used as a pass blocker on those plays, we're not no longer <laughs> talking about a stud top six running back pick. You don't do that to Dalvin Cook or Kamara or McCaffrey, right? Cool. Yeah, I, I saw you uh, go back and forth on Tony Pollard uh, in our league. So, that's obviously you you agree with me at least to some extent. Um, yes. All right, your turn now. So, my f- second overreaction is actually very similar to yours, but it's not about Mitchell. It's actually about Ayuk. Um, Brandon Ayuk, not 
playing much last week ended up with him again falling in adp's all the way down from being a viable wide receiver two to now not even being a fringe roster mm-hmm. you know or basically being on the fringe of uh, your bench and to me that is as gross an overreaction as anything to me there is some credibility to this rumor that's floating around that both ayuk as well as sermon mm-hmm. missed a cur- curfew and that's the, that was shanahan's way of instilling in them that he's the boss uh, i mean maybe this is unsubstantiated because, but to me that's the only reason why ayuk didn't play more last week i feel a big big game coming this week from him uh because and, and because his his talent was in full display last season nothing has changed in that regard and all this bullshit about him being injured and being slow coming back from it seems like just hogwash i think last week was more a disciplinary uh statement and he's going to be back as the 49ers primary receiver this week great i i own him so i'm i like to hear that <laughs> i i actually i agree with you on that too because i'm also reading some reports about him in practice and things like that so hopefully they need him too right somebody was they talking about how, what, how the the receive that old division is loaded especially receivers in that division are just fantastic right including our cardinals of yeah. course the rams and you know forget about the seahawks right they are all loaded so these shani better figure out a way to use his best weapons that's exactly all, uh, exactly there is to it yeah Next one my 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 more of a something that i agree in what the world considers uh, uh, a, you know a reaction to week 1 is uh, uh, the titans uh, the tennessee titans to me mm. is something missing again from that team and this this uh, i mean i started feeling this way even towards the latter part of last season and obviously they went uh, a significant way into the post season but to me Uh, you know the cardinals are not world beaters from a defensive standpoint and watching that game and then rewatching that game on game pass i felt like an nfl team was playing against a college team mm. when you look at the names right i mean henry and julio jones and aj brown and even tanahill you would assume that uh, you know the offensive coordinator leaving should not make that much of a difference so i don't believe in that i don't believe arthur smith is this diabolical genius who made things happen when he was there and now all of a sudden Tennessee doesn't know how to move the ball right It's more more around i think they kind of had some things go their way last season just in terms of uh, um you know which side of the coin and so on and so forth and this year if one game was any example i see their defense being so bad that most teams are going to take advantage of it and their offense actually having trouble moving when mm-hmm. they are not able to when their offensive when, when their offensive line is not going to be able to open open up space for henry i see them having issues moving the ball so to me tennessee titans again are a team that i don't think as as a viable playoff contender awesome because i that was one of the topics i considered for my list obviously that's one of the big stories of week 1 right uh-huh. i went back and forth ravi i couldn't make up my mind so i want to give them another week just like you want to give uh, Zeke another week uh i am, frankly i'm a little bit more down maybe on derek henry than the tennessee teams itself that may I sound see. counterintuitive but i feel like that's where we may end up but it's fascinating that mike rabel cannot fix the defense right that is uh, exactly yeah. exactly so cool my last pair of uh, overreactions that i agree and 
uh you know which is a hot take and all reaction i don't agree with i think both i am going to keep it in our division nfc west ravi and uh, you might like both i think this old rams hype is a little bit of a overreaction i mm. think they are going to be better obviously but stafford is better than goff no breaking news there but everybody is putting them on top of the uh, you know super bowl favorites yes, uh, yes. and all that right behind the real favorites which is Kansas City and Tampa Bay i i'm not even convinced this division is is just going to be war week in and week out right i'm not even convinced they're going to win this division that easily and while the improvement is there while stafford is uh, an upgrade i don't think it guarantees them anything in the division let alone uh, the super bowl so that to me is our reaction yeah so that is one of my uh, one of my uh, strongest feelings at the end of sunday night which was uh, uh, nfc west probably is going to be a war you know, i completely agree but when they are playing against each other but mm-hmm. it did not give me a real gauge of how good they are relevant, relative to the rest of the rest of the exactly. conference because it felt like each one of the nfc west teams played like literally crappy teams so i'm in agreement right. with you so i'm kind of on 50-50 in the sense ram may very may eventually may turn out to be you know the superpower that everyone's calling them but to me week 1 was not enough evidence to prove that okay yeah i think that's that's we agree on that and the last one ravi is more from a fantasy angle uh call me stupid but i'm going to trust uh christian kirk this year i know he mm. have been burnt many times and he had a terrific week one and then usually disappears for three weeks and then he has another good week and then he gets injured for six weeks right that's been his career but i think without no fits this year with a new kind of uh corp of uh wide receivers i i am i think he is legit this year uh that you know again it may be stupid on my part but that's where i am going for my last uh overreaction which i believe in So that's a truly hot take I think putting faith in Christian the, the thing that I feel strongest <laughs> absolutely especially given the fact that I you know in our heart of hearts why both of us tru- truly believe this way is because I know it's sacrilegious for us to say this but I think he's the one that benefits from fits not being there the most right the cardinals last year especially ended up having to feed certain players to Fitzgerald which didn't end up being as productive as they should have been and i think you just replace pits with rondel moore or christian kirk you can see i mean that's one thing which is a genuine thing from week 1 which is you can see how much smoother the offense moves second thing is christian kirk is far, far more talented than just being that guy catching either deep passes or flats right he, he even the intermediate routes he's really good and he showed it last week so i mean i'm totally with you on that okay cool Your turn. So, so my yeah, so yeah. my last combo, first the overreaction, I'll stay in trend or in line with the cardinal stock here and unfortunately it's not a very positive one and that is around Kyler. I see that he obviously had an amazing game and given that I own him actually in two leagues, I had personal vested interest in also uh, in his five touchdowns last week, but I think it is too early to call him as the Uh, you know, rest of season number one QB. Uh, if I don't know if you've seen this, but many of the experts have already flipped him and Pat Mahomes uh, wow. in the order. And to me, that is as gross an overreaction to one week as any, uh, because to me, uh, the you know Mahomes, Russell Wilson, 
Lamar even, uh, and who knows how Rogers shapes up in week two. But all of these guys have as much, if not a better chance of being the number one QB in fantasy points at the end of the season as does Kyler. So to me, one week should, and again, going back to what we talked about earlier against a power puff defense, one week wasn't enough for me to, you know, be convinced that Kyler is now the de facto leader of the QB board as far as fantasy points are concerned. I agree with you, especially in this division with some decent defenses. Uh, he has to prove this week in and week out to earn his stripes. Uh, that's a good one. I mean, as a Cardinals fan, you were definitely not being a homer there. Uh, probably I was being a bigger homer with my Christian Kirk call. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a, that's a wise observation around Kirk because I think he is underrated. He and I, I mean, in fact, even in our league of record, he literally got picked up this morning. And I thought the amount of money that went uh, to go pick up Sterling Shepard and I forget a few others, even Eli Mitchell for that matter. By the way, I had... Kirk and Eli Mitchell, uh, kind of on the same level of desire to pick right. them up. Uh, so, so yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on Kirk. But it's funny my... you say that because I, in one of my other leagues, I did pick both of them, and I think I put the same kind of, uh, uh, you know, it was waiver, it was not fab, so I got both of them. Wow. But you're right. Yeah, uh, you're right. Anyway, go ahead. So my last comment for the day is around, you know, something that I feel, and by the way, I don't even think this has been an overreaction. It's something that I have thought of and uh, who knows whether it's true or not, but I kind of believe in it, which is that in my mind, the be- for fantasy purposes, the best running back playing for the Colts is not Jonathan Taylor. It is Naheem Hines. Mm. The way the Colts played last week, A, it doesn't seem like their defense is going to be as strong as it has been the last couple of years. So they are going to be in a fair bunch of shootouts. And in most cases, given the way Wentz played last week, and again, maybe that is overreacting, but it didn't feel like the Colts are going to dictate the flow of the game. They are going to be trailing a bunch of games or trying to keep up with the other team. In any such situation, what has been very apparent with uh, uh, with with Frank Reich is he goes with their pass catching back, which is Naeem Hines, uh, mm-hmm. in you know in favor uh, or versus uh, whoever has been their quote unquote work for workhorse back, like whether it was Marlon Mack or now Jonathan Taylor. So to me, Naeem Hines probably uh, benefits more from what I project as the Colts' game script for most of the games this season. On top of which, it was to me a little weird that literally the week before the season, they gave him a fat big contract. Now, uh, isn't it true that Naeem Hines is now the ninth uh, highest paid running back in the league? Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I, and, I didn't know that. And so to think of it with running backs being becoming such a... Uh, a you know, a, a throwable commodity, so to speak, in the league. I mean, we have... Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley and David Johnson being treated like toilet paper. When you think of that compared to someone like Naeem Hines, in guaranteed money, he is now the ninth highest paid running back in the league. Tells you what the coaching staff and the organization thinks of him. So to me, as the season wears on, you, I personally will see, a lot, I'm projecting a lot more productivity in fantasy points coming from Hines rather than Jonathan Taylor. That's a great call, uh, Ravi. A lot of listeners should be going to their uh, waiver wire and see if he's around. <laughs> In most <laughs> leagues, he's drafted. But he I do agree with you that 
he has been a lot of times his type not just him right his type end up being underrated in fantasy yes because yes, the ppr true. angle of it for a running back for some reason with some guys is hard for people to see right with some guys it's obvious but i always felt him even james white in certain years they are all traditionally a little bit underrated i think uh that's As... that's so true because if if anything uh, you know we should have gravitated more towards that if you remember the days of uh uh, uh dion lewis right i mean dion lewis uh, even James darren White. sproles before yes. that yeah darren sproles yes great example yeah so we instead of so i feel that we probably should have emphasized that you know that that role or that profile more um and i think we'll we'll see more and more of that yeah Cool. Um, that's a good start for the fantasy season, I think. Anything else you want to hit, or uh, we will reconvene next week to dig more. I, I hope we have more form, well-formed opinions for next week. That's that's true. I mean, I think yes, definitely. Let's catch up again next week, and by then, hopefully, what is now an overreaction either gets validated or invalidated in more you know consistent terms after two weeks. Definitely. Have a good NFL Sunday and I uh, hope to talk about this again soon. Bye for now. Bye.